Dear little sisters, I'm Bernice. And I'm Lena. Welcome back to our podcast where we will be chatting with interesting women who do interesting things. We are two teens who want to empower young girls by providing role models for them. We hope that these women will show you that anything you want to do is possible and inspire you to dream big. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and we truly hope you enjoy this episode. Dear little sisters, we are thrilled to introduce you to Dr. Mary Oliveri, who we'll be chatting with today. Dr. Oliveri is a practicing dentist who owns her own dental practice in New Jersey. Before becoming a dentist, she was an extremely accomplished collegiate athlete. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today, Dr. Oliveri. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So can you please tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a dentist? Sure. So throughout my life, I always loved school, but in particular, I really loved math and science. Um, And so when I started thinking about what I wanted to do, when I started thinking about college, um, it was a little bit different back in the day when I went. I know the generations now know what they're doing a little earlier, but I thought maybe an architect or maybe I would be a chemistry major and I really wasn't sure. But in the meanwhile, while I was going to camps for different sports, I started getting letters and phone calls and getting recruited to play sports in um, college. So it depended on the school if they were, you know, like, I can give you an example, like Virginia Tech was recruiting me. And I was like, wow, they have a great architect program. And then, and so on. But just because I just knew if I was able to continue to play sports and I went to a great college, I just knew in the end it would all find its way out. So I really wasn't too concerned about what the major was gonna be. And so long story short, I ended up at Lehigh. It was the best fit for me. So I was in the arts and science school as a chemistry major, but in school, I was with all the engineering students and I'm a little competitive. So I wanted to go be an engineer and I really didn't even know which kind. I just knew I wanted to be one because I wanted to be the top of the class. So I went to my uh, guidance counselor who was a physics professor and he had suggested that I go around the school and talk to all the different departments and decide which one. So I went into Lehigh, recruited for basketball as a chemistry major. And by the time I left, I was also playing softball and left with an engineering degree. So the amazing part was though, halfway through Lehigh, when um, I was well in the engineering school at this point, and that was gonna be my degree, I had a checkup at home and my dentist was a very close family friend to us. So we called him aunt and uncle, even though there was no blood relationship. So when I went to the dentist, I was never nervous and I didn't even know you were supposed to be nervous because I was going to see Uncle Ed. (laughs) So I never had a cavity in my life and it was end of my sophomore year. And he said, would you like to come to the other room instead of just being where you get your teeth cleaned and have some sealants? And I said, what is that? because I'd never heard of them, they were brand new. He said, these things we paint on your teeth so you don't get cavities. I was like, sure, I'll, I'll have them. And then I went in the other room and I saw all the equipment and all the materials and everything. And I, I was like a kid in a candy store. I had never seen it before. And I couldn't stop asking questions. It's all I could think about. And so that summer he put me in touch with all his colleagues that were specialists. And I spent 
a week in every discipline, whether it's orthodontics, oral surgery, endodontics and such. And before you knew it, I just had my heart set and I knew I was going to dental school. That's my path. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, um, so you mentioned like you've always just loved math and science and you've always just played sports and you kind of just jumped from one thing to the other, architecture and engineering. And it's so funny that like what really inspired you to be a dentist is your relationship with your own dentist and kind of just seeing what the field was from that perspective. So as a dentist now, what are some of your day-to-day -day responsibilities? Okay, so dentistry is super cool in the year 2021. So when I entered, um, everything was what we call analog. So if someone hurt their tooth or they broke their tooth and we had to make a crown for them, we would put together this material like a putty type, almost like silly putty, and we put it over the tooth and then we have to mail it out to the lab and they would fabricate a crown for us. Well, today we have digital scanning. So my day today is 100% digital. So the first thing we'll do is take a 3D CBCT scan to make sure that the tooth isn't leaking an infection, if it's on the bottom down into the nerve or in the top up into the sinus. And as long as it's okay, then we prepare the tooth and we smooth it out. And then we take an intraoral 3D scan. And then literally before the patient is out the front door, their files already to our lab that we use in California, and they start making the crown. We recently just started 3D printing in the last year. And so by the end of this year, we will be uh, doing our own crowns and milling in-house. Um, so we do crowns, we do fillings, but we really do a lot of implants. So what an implant is, if you can't keep your natural tooth, an implant is like a root that gets put into the jawbone. And after your bone grows around it, and it's nice and strong and firm, then you put a crown on top of it. So now that we're living longer and we're keeping most of our teeth longer, not all the teeth can make it. So if somebody loses a tooth, that's how we replace it. So that's the day-to-day -day of the dentistry. And then there's also, when you said, what a journey um, from you know the math and the science and whatnot. And the point of that would be, always keep your eyes and ears open to learn. And it's the same every day for me in my practice. Every day, I'm probably on a webinar. You know, we're, it's a little different post COVID. We don't travel as much, we do travel. So there's so much opportunity on the computer now. That is only one of the positives. COVID is mostly negative, but there are some positives that came out of it. And so the education is at our fingertips at all times. It's rare that I don't eat my lunch at my desk and jump on a webinar because you're always gonna need to learn because it's gonna take you to another path maybe you didn't know you were interested in. And then my job is also to make sure my staff stays educated. So they sometimes will pick a course that they learn from a friend, or sometimes I'll see a course for them and we get signed up and I make sure that my staff is always learning. And then you can really take care of your patients with you know the latest research, the most predictability and the, less, the least amount of risk. Yeah, I think that's so interesting how, how dentistry has kind of evolved um, because of technology and new innovation. So I just really think that's so interesting. And I also think just being educated and being informed on the latest research and technology is so important too, and making sure that people around you and people that you're collaborating with are also informed. I think that's awesome because then that just leads to the best patient care and just the best outcome. Exactly. So kind of on a different note, being a former collegiate athlete, did you see any discrepancies between men and women's athletics? 
at the college level? Yes. I tell you what, I thought Lehigh was really amazing. Um, we had such support of the male coaches, the male athletes. Uh, we were actually friends with them because when campus would close for holidays, when the student body would leave, you'd be there with the men. Um, the athletic administration, they're just amazing people. And so I never felt that at all. I mean, you might see where it's kind of funny, maybe the men's basketball team got 10 pair of sneakers and we only got three, but truth, like, it, it was okay. I didn't need, really need 10 pairs of sneakers, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> in fact, the big joke was Fleetwood Mac, our, our arena where we play our basketball games, they would have concerts there and Fleetwood Mac, I don't even know you guys, if you know who they are, but um, they came and did a concert and they had to use our locker room and one of my teammates on my team and she came back her sneakers were gone so that was the big joke that Fleetwood Mac owes her a pair of sneakers um believe it or not I really did not even see it growing up uh, I, I where I grew up in the town uh, it was a public setting in a public school and same thing had the respect of our uh, you know male counterparts it just was a way of life that if you were athletic and you did your thing I noticed a little bit in high school, I went to a private high school. Um, and I didn't even know to look for it because back then that's not really how you thought. And I, I, I noticed things and found things out later that a lot of the funding, in fact, almost all of it went to the boys. And so many of the fathers of the girls um, very quietly without telling anybody would try to kick the money in so the girls wouldn't notice. Um, but no, like I, I'm very well aware out in the world of what goes on. Um, I am so lucky I didn't run into it. I, I never did without, I never, I never didn't have a trainer or a facility or they fed us meals or our uniforms or so I never, I never felt slighted, but I am very well aware of, of what does go on, especially as you get higher into the professional levels. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It sounds like you had like a really positive experience playing for Lehigh and um, you were always kind of just respected as an athlete, even though there might have been like some smaller like funding differences, like you never had to experience those barriers yourself. So kind of on a different note, as a woman who has your own dental practice, have you seen any differences between the way men and women are treated in your career field? I do. And I, you know, I do think about it. And I never think it's meant with harm. I think it's just our society doesn't have an awareness of how they think. So I'll just give you a couple of examples. So uh, I don't go anymore because I don't have time, but I used to go to Starbucks every morning on my way to work and I go in my scrubs. And it's not a disrespect to any other profession, but I can promise you I was never asked if I was a doctor. Yet I would be in line and maybe there was a male who was in scrubs, someone would say, oh, where are you a doctor? So like, there's little things like that. And it would be hard for me to answer when they asked me something else. I didn't even want to say I was a dentist because if I did, the person immediately was like embarrassed. And I never wanted to embarrass anyone. Again, they were just trying to make friendly conversation in the morning. Um, but I, I, I did go into practice with my uncle Ed. And I will say that when we were addressed by patients, it wasn't uncommon. He was referred to as doctor and I was referred to as my first name. And I do talk to my male colleagues and they say that because they're always referred to as doctor, they introduce themselves with their first name because they're, they're saying they want that rapport with the patient to be closer. 
But in my female groups, it's pretty weekly that they'll go. They won't even call me doctor. They just call me by my first name. So each sex, whatever's happening to them, they're wanting what the other one is getting. Um, but again, I just, I don't, I don't think people mean it in the way that sometimes it could come off um, for it. Um, and as far as opportunity, if I go to lectures where there's thousands of people, um, a little different now because I'm older, but when I was younger and had a younger face, I was always told, no, the staff signing's over there. So I would scurry and look for my name as fast as I could at the doctor table so I could sign in at the doctor table, right? It doesn't happen anymore because I'm older, but also um, as you evolve through your career, you get into philosophies and groups and you're, you're with colleagues that you see around the country and you're respected. So I don't really deal with that anymore, but it was definitely there earlier in my career. Right, it must be so frustrating to have to um, deal with like those little microaggressions. And like you mentioned, like sometimes I think like people just aren't aware that they're like making those assumptions. Um, but like- sure, And I wish, I wish that I knew then what I know now, because I think when I would have been at that checking table and the person was like, no, staff is over there. Today, I would say, um, you know, you should ask me my name first. Or just, I didn't have a way to maybe teach them because I was, I was too busy just trying to sign my name and get in and I didn't want to deal with the conflict. So I didn't really help the situation, but I was young. And you, you two are so bright that you're not gonna be like that. It was just different when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I try to look from their perspective to think, why are they thinking that? In fairness, until my graduating class, my class, uh, was one of the first class to have 45% females. The classes before me never really made it more than 20%. And it, and it dipped down again after my years. So that's what they were exposed to. They really weren't exposed to female dentists. It was a newer thing. I kind of missed that opportunity, but you, you learn as you go. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, just so, sometimes it's hard in the moment. Like, I feel like we've all kind of faced that. Like, what do I say? There's like this tension inside of you that I, I don't want to get into this conflict but I also want to educate them but I also have something to do is it my job to educate like it, it, there's just a million thoughts swirling in your head and it's definitely just challenging to navigate all of them it is and when I was younger I would feel the need to prove you had to be bigger and better so if you were at a lecture with say 40 or 50 people only there'd be a coffee break at the coffee machine you know, the guys would kind of step in front of you and turn their backs to you and this, that, and the other. And I would make note and be like, hmm, just human to human. Do you want to say good morning to me? You don't even realize I'm your colleague, right? So but what's funny is if these were two and three day seminars, by day three, I was getting hunted down for my number. Can I call you? You do that in your office. How did you know that? And I would laugh and I, it'd be funny, like, because, you know, we're from New Jersey, so we get to say things. So I would say, oh, Mr. Texas, you're from Texas. I said, you were really rude to me the first day at the coffee machine. He goes, well, I didn't know you were from New Jersey. I didn't think people from New Jersey were nice and you turned out to be nice. And I'm like, well, now, now you have a new friend. Don't do that next time. But, but through time, I found I didn't have to prove myself. You know, I'm confident in who I am and I know what I know. And, and again, as time has gone on, I just don't see it anymore. Yeah, I think, um going along with what you said before about like how you wish when you were younger you didn't like put up with everything and you were a little more assertive and confident our next question is actually like what advice would you give to young girls who are interested in the field of dentistry yeah you know um i i'll, I'll say this i think 
probably in any field, you're you're just going to have male counterparts that don't respect females. But I will tell you, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. Really, like it's just the the it's not really seen that way. The resources that are out there, the friends that you will make, the colleagues you will make. Um, just don't let if somebody words something the wrong way. I think that's what's hard about society nowadays. Is like, you know, they might not be meaning a words coming off. Um, in terms of, you know, we're used to it, so we're thinking it's coming from that angle. Just try to give that benefit of the doubt that they might just be having a bad day, a hectic day, and they don't even know what they're saying. They may not even realize it because it's intense. It's competitive. People are under a lot of stress, right? But at the end of the day, they're going to be your, your colleagues, and you guys are going to be pulling all-nighters together, you're going to be in the lab all night together, and you're going to find everybody is just the same, and you are going to be good friends. Uh, at the end of the day, that's how it was. I really, if I look back to my class, really, there's, I mean, there's just no one in my class that I could say was somebody that really didn't respect me or my female counterparts. And, um, you know, I would just say, um, you know, just have the confidence about yourself to know, but don't don't run around trying to prove yourself. You know who you are, you know how smart you are, and it's it will be noticed. In fact, in <laughs> for the first semester, the girls actually scored always top 20 in the class, and the male professors would make a joke of it and be like making fun of the guys to say, girls are kicking your tail. Come on guys, step up to the plate. So for their generation, I think it was still there a little bit, but those guys are long gone, they're not there anymore. Yeah, so I would just keep my confidence, keep my chin up, work hard, and I promise you're gonna make great friends, great colleagues, and it'll all work out in the end. Definitely, and I think having that self-confidence and just believing in yourself and your own intelligence and what you're doing, I think that just helps rise above some of those barriers and some of those day-to-day -day nitty gritty of what some people say that either might come off the wrong way or even if it was mean, I think just having that self-confidence just helps you rise above that. Absolutely. So our final question today is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? That's one piece of advice. You know, it's funny because the younger self who can't even believe the technology today and the world today. But the, the piece of advice I would say is, you know, it's not always easy, you know, and it, and it can be hard, but uh, lean on resources of people. Don't try to do everything by yourself. My generation was very much, we really didn't do group projects and we sat by ourselves and we had to do everything. And so many people bring so many things to the table that the advice that I would give is just, you know, always reach out to resources, see what other people are thinking and, and try to stop for a moment and look around. Who needs a hand? Who needs a hand? You're so busy worried about getting your hundred that you don't realize somebody's drowning over there and they can't get past the 50. You know, like it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. And so it's a type of thing where if you're excelling, always look around and see who you can help along the way. Cause it'll be funny when they come back to you 30 years later and they will thank you for being nice. Definitely. And I just think that with whatever you're doing, it can be tough and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to just reach out and just have a hand. And, and what's important too is just, just be that person that other people feel comfortable coming to and asking you for help and asking you just to support them in whatever they're doing. So I think it definitely goes both ways. Absolutely.
So thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. We, we were, we, we love chatting with you and we really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks again for having me.